So our gospel reading gives us a nice inclusio for the retreat weekend, right? And inclusio is when you kind of start and you end with the same thing. The Spirit drives Jesus out into the desert. In Mark's gospel, this is very compressed. It's just Jesus had just been baptized. He heard the Father say, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then the Spirit drives him into the desert where he's tempted. For 40 days. He enters into that 40-day preparation period. Right, that 40-day preparation period for his public ministry. And during the preparation there's this trial, and the trial is there, one, to reveal to us that even Jesus was tempted in the ways that we're tempted, even Jesus is tempted, but also it serves as a kind of training in and reminder of what the Father had just said to him. Every temptation he faces, he has to confront and be reminded of the fact that he is the beloved son in whom the father is well pleased. And it's because he knows that that he doesn't give in to the temptation. And because he knows that, he doesn't give in to the temptation. When it presents itself, he simply recognizes it and says, "Ah, I don't need that because I belong to the father. I don't need that because I belong to the Father. It's not the kind of trial that, okay, I'm going to put you through this trial, and then afterwards you can belong to me. It's the trial that is a practice in and a reminder of every single day the fact that he belongs to the Father. I remember going on a retreat it was my first Holy Week in Rome, and so I went on this retreat during Holy Week, and I was praying with the passage of Jesus' temptation, and I remember picturing myself and Jesus, and we were both standing on the parapet of the temple, and the devil says, you know, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, and the Father will send his angels to catch you, and neither Jesus nor I jumped, but for two totally different reasons. Right? Jesus didn't jump because he knows he belongs to the Father. He doesn't need to jump. I didn't jump because I wasn't so sure that the Father was going to send his angels to catch me. It's normal, right? It's like part of our growth in the spiritual life. That we mature into that union. Right? We mature into that union. And every Lenten season is a time of preparation in which we can mature into that union. And as I said, as we began the retreat, like all of our Lenten fastings, they're reminders that we belong to God. I don't need to watch TV because I know I belong to God. I don't need to eat a Snickers bar because I know I belong to our Lord. I don't need to hit the snooze. Because my greatest comfort comes from our Lord. And whatever it is that we've chosen as our Lenten fasting, it's a reminder that we belong to our Lord. And there's this trend, you know, of like, well, I don't want to give something up. We shouldn't give something up. We should just do something extra. But I think we have to be careful about that because when we do something extra, it's like, well, I need to do this thing extra so I can belong to our Lord. 
is kind of how it gets interpreted. I need to do something more so that I can come to belong to our Lord. But it's really supposed to be a reminder of what we already know. And a strengthening in which what we already know. Because what are we preparing for? We're preparing to renew the covenants. We're preparing to renew the covenant that we have with our Lord that was made with him at our baptism. That's what we're preparing for, to renew the covenant. And there's lots of ways in which we renew the covenant, and those renewals should be reminders. So in the first reading, there's this story of Noah and how you know, he sent this flood for 40, year, 40 days. The rain fell, and it was kind of a punishment at the time, but a renewal of the earth. And spiritual writers will talk about how it's kind of like the whole earth was baptized there, and so we could start over. But then Noah says, I'll place my bow in the sky to remind me of the fact that I promise I'm never going to do this again. So whenever it rains and I see the rainbow, I'll remember I promised you that I'm not going to destroy you with flood anymore. It's a reminder of the covenant. So the rainbow is a reminder that God's not a punishing God. And then there's the covenant that was made with Moses at the Exodus, and every year at Passover, they would sort of remember the Exodus, and it was a reminder of the covenant that God made with them. And so when they would gather to eat the Passover, they would, they would dress in a certain way, like as if they were pilgrims on a journey. So they would gird their loins and put their staff in their hand and eat this meal together as a reminder of the covenant that God made with them, as a reminder of the promises that our Lord made to them. Every single Sunday as we celebrate Mass, and every time, in fact, that we celebrate Mass, the Eucharist is a reminder of that covenant between God and us. The Eucharist is a reminder that we belong to him. It's what it is. The Eucharist is supposed to be the last of the sacraments of initiation, according to theology and how we do it with adults. And why is that? Because we're baptized, which brings us into a relationship with Jesus. We make vows, and then we receive the sacrament of confirmation, which seals our baptism. And then we receive the Eucharist because it is a renewal of what happened at our baptism. That's what receiving the Eucharist means. It's a renewal of what happened at our baptism. It's a reminder of the fact that we belong to our Lord. And that's gone out of our common sense, the, the sense of the faithful, because under Pius X, we moved receiving the Eucharist to before confirmation, and then it, like, we don't kind of think about it being the thing that seals and strengthens and renews what happened when we became a Catholic Christian. We think of it as like it's just what you do when you're seven years old and you show up. But it is a, it's supposed to be it's a renewal of our relationship with him every single time. And we have these things in all aspects of our life. Conjugal love within marriage is a renewal of the covenant that seals and strengthens and renews the vows that were made on one's wedding day. It's the role of conjugal love within marriage, which is beautiful to think that like this is the thing that re-speaks our wedding vows through the language of the body 
which is why the church teaches that it has to come after the wedding vows that are spoken so it can renew and seal and strengthen the covenant between two people. And so as we've come on this retreat, we've come to kind of reinvigorate our own relationship with our Lord so that we can be more intentional about renewing the covenant with him. So we can be continually transformed in that covenant relationship with him. To be reminded of his great love for us. And as we're reminded of his great love for us, it moves us in deeper conversion. In the gospel, Jesus says, repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. The time of fulfillment is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repentance happens when you know, we realize, like, I'm a sinner in need of our Lord's mercy, and he's giving it to me. It brings about repentance. You know, that feeling of awe and wonder, like, why am I crying? Because it's a good thing that God loves me, but I'm crying and I feel sad. Like, that's repentance. And that repentance is, it happens as we experience his mercy. It happened when Jesus shows up and he starts healing everybody. And they realize, what I've always been waiting for, the desire of my heart is now here. And the more we become aware of that, the more that sense of repentance grows, the more our union with our Lord grows, the stronger the bond, the stronger the covenant between us. It's an amazing and beautiful thing. And my prayer for you all going forward is that, that this weekend would have been a catalyst to move forward in that interior conversion to our Lord. So that at each moment that we're called to renew, every time you receive the Eucharist, as we move towards renewing our baptismal promises at Easter, as you live out your Lenten sacrifices, all those things become instruments of our Lord's mercy and vehicles of invitation to a deeper, stronger, and more fruitful union with him. And so, as I said in the last conference, in place of the creed today, I'm just going to read the renewal of baptismal promises, and we'll do that very intentionally. Handing over to our Lord all of those things, all of those sins that we've been holding on to, or the unforgivenesses in our hearts, the resentments in our hearts, the sins committed against us, and those lies that we've come to believe about ourselves. So that we can very intentionally entrust ourselves to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
entrusting ourselves to his grace, his love, his mercy. That he may truly transform our hearts, that we may truly be a new creation in Christ, that we may truly be divine daughters and merciful mothers. Thank you.